Hi, everyone. This is Jeff Epstein. This is my podcast, People Conversations. And today I'm talking with someone named Regina Bolton, who posted something that really struck me, and uh, she was grateful enough to uh, talk to me. And I want to hear what she has to say. She, um, uh, I'll just leave it at that. So, uh, Regina, thank you very much for... Um, for talking to a stranger out of the blue um, in reaction to one of your live streams. Uh, so, yeah, thanks. It's, I'm, I'm really glad that you're here. No problem. Right. problem. So what I, what I was saying before, um, I, regarding the, the what, you know, the, I was just saying that the Bernie people at the convention, I think, came to the realization, or at least I did, that all of our work was in vain, not just at the convention, but during the entire primary, it was all in vain. There was no way that they were going to let Bernie Sanders win, just none. And it, in a way, it was like I did all this work for nothing. But what he did give us, and, and that's why I was, that's why I said that, that's why Bernie said constantly, "This is not about me," because I think he knew. I think he knew, uh, and and that was his way of telling us, "Listen." We're not going to win, but we can do something. And what I think, what I think he did, and what he certainly did for me, was open my eyes of what's going on. Not just not just all the corruption. Uh, you know, open my eyes to all the corruption. Open my eyes to all of you know what's wrong and what could be done about it. What should be done about it? The problems and the solutions. But also, he showed me that. If I had known what I know now because of him, I, I could have been making a difference my whole life. And, yeah. and so what he gave me was to find all of these people that feel that same way. That number one, agree with the problems, agree with the solutions, but also that politics is not complicated. And we've just grown up with this myth, this falseness that politics is complicated and and what I've learned with Bernie Sanders and I never even considered before is that it's just learn the truth tell the truth and ignore any and, and avoid anyone who tells you otherwise so uh, like he really made me grow up like I, I never tried to do anything before him I didn't I never did anything political except for vote but now all of a sudden I realize I can do something and uh, I'm, I know that you were very much in the Bernie Sanders, but I don't know. I don't know how active. You, I guess it's a yes. I don't know how active well, yeah. you were. I don't know how active you were. I don't know how. Like, when did you get into politics? Um, what? I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, I, like everybody else, in 2008, I voted for Obama. I was a Democrat, but in 2009, I was very disappointed with what he chose to work on first, so, so, so to speak, and so I switched my party and became a Republican. Everybody in my family kind of had a fit. Um, <laughs> Barney came into play, <laughs> um, as you can see, and if you haven't seen the videos, I'm African-American, um, it, it, and, and it shocked quite a few of my friends to see that I had turned into a Republican. But anyway, um, Bernie, Bernie, you know, he kind of, I, I've never been that obsessed with a 74-year-old man. I, I swear, it's, it's really hilarious because he's always been around, and I'm just new to finding out about him, and it was last year. And I've never been active beyond donating money. 
okay? Politically, I was just a person. I would follow things time to time, and I would make a decision about who I thought was a better person, and I would go with that. When Bernie came along, I started to hear things that kind of really, not only was I interested in his policies and things that he had done and, and, and just his demeanor and, and how passionate he was, there were things that I noticed about him that made him different from any other person that I had seen in politics. And it was this thing that no matter who he was talking to, his message would always be the same. And so it showed me that a lot of people will have a message, and the message is designed for whoever the audience is listening. Bernie was not like that. His message was the same, even if it was a room full of Caucasian people, and he's talking about African Americans and, and them being disenfranchised and them not having the rights and the opportunities and being treated differently. So back to the campaign, he kept, I kept hearing that he couldn't pull the African American vote. So I got to send it. <laughs> I got offended because I said, okay, first of all, nobody speaks for me, number one. Number two, I don't know why any African-American could not relate to someone who was so involved. I mean, he was chained to a black woman. I don't know how much more closer he's going to get. Uh, he got involved while old girl over here was being the Goldwater girl that actually wanted to keep segregation alive and roaring. Here Bernie was on the front line when nobody even was looking at him. He was doing things when nobody was even really paying much attention. That's who he is. And so I said, you know what, I'm tired of hearing that African Americans won't vote for him because I'm this African American woman that will. And not only will I vote for him, I will get out there and I will be a voice for him and I will educate and inform people about him because... I'm not going to sit up and, and, and listen to other people promote somebody who is clearly crooked, corrupt, maniacal, doesn't own anything that she does, and then expects everybody else just to, to jump in line just because she's the entitled one or they feel that she's the one who should leave this country. So I got involved. I volunteered. I, I helped run a volunteer office down in Los Angeles. Um, I even collaborated with other community colleges so that the community colleges were, were bringing more younger people into the voting process. I did voter registration. I even worked at an election poll on the primary day because I said, you know what, I'm a very verbal person. I want to put my money where my mouth is. So at least if I go volunteer, if I'm a part of the process, then I have an ability to look at it from a manner that says, okay, I know what I'm talking about. I did this. And I was able firsthand to see a lot of tomfoolery going on during the primaries. But back to what you're essentially saying, that's how I got involved with Bernie. I, I, I became a person that carried, I mean, right now I'm looking in my car and I have Bernie posters still. Like, I still haven't let it go, you know, and I refuse to let it go. And like you were saying where it was rigged and, and in it from the beginning, it's starting to, I'm starting to now come to that point. I've been really, really quiet after Bernie just said pretty much, okay, you know what, we've got to go with Hillary. I was really quiet because I was trying to sit back and really think and understand how someone, and I'm not saying this in a bad way, I love Bernie, but how someone just really didn't, he underestimated the passion and the, and, and the way that America or a lot of this country is feeling as far as being with, uh, voting, for anti, voting for Hillary. And I think that what I have to say about it essentially, and I am going to do a video on it, is I think people, as much as we despise her, as much as we can't stand her, had the election played out, the primaries played out, and there would have been no election fraud, people would have voted for her. They wouldn't have liked it. They would have, oh, they would have gnashed their teeth. But if it would have played out, and I say this, if it would have played out that way, people would have said, okay, you know what, Let, let's just do it. But because wait, 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 she did I, I, so many... 
you're saying that if the primary, if she won the primary and there was, and we knew that there was no tomfoolery, that people would have voted for her in the... I think some people would have, yes. Yes. Because we would have said, Bernard's not stupid. We're not in denial. It's not like we feel our guy won cause, and, and he didn't. You know, we're not babies. We're not thumb suckers. We don't live in our basements. They don't even have basements in California. But I think we would have said, okay, <laughs> we don't. I mean, we would have said, okay, the people clearly voted. The reason we're angry, this is why we're angry, and people need to really understand that. It's not because we didn't get our way. Are you kidding? I'm African-American. Uh, honey, things are not going my way. Okay, I'm not the entitled one. Okay? It doesn't work that way, and that's not how we think. How we think is, okay, if things would have played out the way that they would have, you know who the nominee would have been. This is why we're angry, because in those very states that were crucially, that, that borderline possibility, and those votes were stolen, thrown away, party affiliation, swapped, those votes would have went to Barney. We know that. We know that. You can't... Do you know the uh, Election Justice USA report, the full report on what, what uh, as far as fraud throughout the throughout the uh, election, the primary? No. Do you know that? Do you know Election Justice USA? All I know is I saw something that reminded me of the whole Bush, <laughs> the whole Bush, uh, oh, my God, I can't even think, gore scenario where there's ballots tossed in, you know, the river and, and all, all these votes that are not counted. I think, um, I, yeah, I think it was way, I think it was orders of magnitude more because there was so much passion for Bernie Sanders. They had to, and they had to. Well, the thing is, you can't even get any of these people to show up at her, ra- I don't, that doesn't even, two plus two doesn't equal four here. If you have all of these people voting for you, why, you can, how come you can't, you can't get 200 people? Bernie could get 10,000. But we can get 10,000. Again, it does not make sense. And it's the thing where, like you say, whether people want to laugh at it, they want to poke holes at it, they want to make fun of it, she did not win this election. She did not. I'll never buy that. I will never believe that. And I will always believe that at the end of the day, I'm going to be like you. I'm going to go in the direction instead of anger and rage because a lot of people will misconstrue my passion and think, oh, she's an angry black woman. No, I'm not. I just don't like people cheating. I don't like people lying in my face or lying and I can see you're lying and then don't own it. It's like sister girl. While you're pulling that hot sauce out your bag, why don't you pull some courage and grow a couple, grow a pair, and say, you know what, look, it, I, I shouldn't have had the email server, the careless app. I shouldn't have done that. I, I shouldn't have done that, and that was she never does that. And this is just something where I'm going to look at it instead of being angry. I'm going to look at it in perspective and say, you know what? I didn't meet all of these people for nothing. All what's these wrong, people that what is that I've met. Being, what is wrong with being an angry black woman? What's wrong because with being an angry? All it does, all it does, it just gives people that leverage in that room to say, uh huh. My whole life, I've had to, you know, trust. And it's not even something that I intentionally did. I've always, I've never fit in anybody's box. People never could figure me out. And it wasn't that I was trying to be mysterious. It's just that when people can't put you in a box, it confuses them. Yeah, when they, when they can can't totally, figure can totally, it out, I can totally and I refuse to be that because that to me is very negative. I'm not an angry African-American woman, angry black woman. I do get angry like most people, but usually my anger is really just frustration and pain. That's what anger really is. 
You are an angry... I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but you do seem to be an angry black woman, but there's nothing wrong with that. But you're talking about... You're talking about... And I can relate in a, in a completely different way, which I can't even think of going into at the moment, but that people... I... I I, I was seriously bullied when I was younger, like like to the extent that I, I really had considered myself having an abusive childhood. And so I dealt with it in a very bad way. I, I went into my, uh, into my head for like 15 years, just, just isolated myself because I just didn't know how to behave and no one was interested in trying to figure out, you know, all the crap that was in me. So I really got some serious social anxieties because that was... In a way, it wasn't the right decision to do. So I'm like behind the, behind the ball as far as social stuff. So when I go into big social situations, sometimes I'm a deer in headlights. And and I, when I observe people being comfortable, like fraternity kind of joking around, it makes me even less comfortable, which makes me more of a deer in headlights, which makes people want to be kind and walk on eggshells and you know try and be nice, but they're not doing what I really need. They're just doing what they think I need. So it doesn't work. So they feel awkward. So they they keep on trying, and it gets to the point where they decide that there's something wrong with me because they're doing what they're trying to be nice. They're doing the right thing. So there must be something wrong with me. So they label you with you know something's wrong with him. Something is they they label you and and exactly I, they label you with because they don't want to be uncomfortable. So instead of blaming themselves of I should try something else or maybe even ask him what he feels is the right thing to do as opposed to what I feel is the right thing to do, you know what? There's something wrong with him. There's something wrong with his head. There's something – he has some illness. He has some condition. And that, I, that is what I – is the angry black woman thing that you seem to be talking about. It's not the actual serious, substantial part of you. It's the label that people use to hurt you. It's the, you know, there's nothing wrong necessarily with being an angry black woman, but what people use that label to do something negative against you, that's the bad thing. I, I, I sort of, that, that uh, I don't have my head That makes sense, that, so I and, like and I, I can get with that. I can, I can see where you're going with that, and just even where you're going with that in, in, in context. For example, I could be in a store and it could be, there could be a white woman who's disgruntled because of something, a valid issue she might have, and deal, you know, people will come and, and resolve the situation and nobody says anything. And if I'm the person and I come and I say something and my voice isn't elevated and I'm not cussing and I'm not irate, I will be labeled as an angry black woman. And it's like, I'm, wh- why am I angry? Because I'm, you know, kind of correcting things. So you'll get that all the time. And I think that's why I do shy away from that because it's like nobody wants to be labeled. And then not labeled, at least if you're going to label me, be accurate or be correct in your assessment of, of what my behavior is at that time. So, anywho. But, yeah, I, I, I can accept that. <laughs> Yes, so You're going like, to make me do a video. <laughs> uh, uh, really? But it, oh, it, yeah, it, angry black woman. Yeah, I own well, it. <laughs> well, you see, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that, that you have become um, so, like your videos are articulate, and I mean that in a good way, 
um, you know, your videos are articulate. You, you know, you know, and I'm, I'm saying that because one of an old very the article that you did where it said calling a black person articulate is bad because it's really, you know, everybody. You know, I can't believe there's a black person that's articulate. But 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 your but your videos of like the one that I noticed and I never knew you before until I saw the one about Obama. Uh, of I forget exactly the topic, but basically. I, I don't know. Yeah, don't don't you, don't threaten me with you know your legacy being possibly you know threatened or what have you. Yeah, that one. Right. So you get your head around the issues, and that that is your way of of saying it in the way that other people want to hear it, as opposed to the angry black woman kind of just screaming way. Like you, that's yeah. your way of that's your way of saying it in the socially acceptable way. And it's forced you, it seems, to really get to know the issue and to figure out both just, you know, getting your head around it, but also finding out the specifics, the details about it, too. Yeah, and I'm not, not just piggyback on that, piggybacking on that. The thing about it is, and I've noticed this, if you're an, a, a Caucasian person, however you want to try to use term, a white person, and you criticize Obama, <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say this, but <laughs> and you criticize Obama, then you're a racist. And if you're an African American, heaven forbid, you criticize anything that he does because he is perfect and walks on the water, then you're either unformed, misinformed, or you're like this term that's used, you're an Uncle Tom of some sort. And I, I made that video because I felt like there are things that I, I, I can scrutinize people and it has nothing to do with race. Nothing. And if I can scrutinize, you know, George Bush and Eddie Tick that he flew over Louisiana during Katrina because I lived there then, I can be just as ticked living in California back in my home state now that Obama didn't go there. And I know that other people have opinions about that, but I'm just using that as an example of how I felt I need to make that video for myself as an outlet and that I felt that since Obama was targeting me, <laughs> I felt that other people might not be able to say, hey, look, because they're not African-American. But they can say it and say, okay, you know, I'm not African-American, but I can understand how that's offensive. Everybody can understand that. So um, I just think for me, I, I, I've gotten really frustrated um, with what I've seen unfold and the fact that I feel like people are still going on with knowing that the lawsuits are impending, knowing that the election fraud existed, knowing all this stuff. People are just kind of still kind of slowly going over to her. And I'm just not a person. I, don't, I will never do that. And, again, um, people can feel the way they want about it, and they can, you know, I, I'm not saying Trump's better because he's not. She's no better either. But I meant what I said, he'll know. Like, that's something um, that I meant in the fiber of my being, and it had nothing to do with Bernie. I didn't like Hillary Clinton before I already knew about Bernie Sanders. Like, seriously. Like, it, it, he's not, the, they try to make him the scapegoat, like, he's the reason. Like, no, he's not the reason. You're the reason. Like, if we're going to look oh, at that, oh, the for reason. For not voting for Hillary. Wait, she's the reason. For not if if for people Hillary. want to point blame, they need to look, she needs to look in the mirror. Because she's the reason. And it's not, and, and I can list so many reasons that are valid, that are not, uh, you know, things I've made up in my mind because I just don't like a woman. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Do you I, would, I would rather it be the right woman than her. 
Because she's not the right one. Do you find them? Do you genuinely, genuinely find Trump and Hillary equally evil? To, to some extent. This is what I'll say about Trump. I, I find that a lot of his, his talk is really just craziness, okay, because you just say whatever's off the cuff. But I find also that what he's what I call, what I call when people say, oh, he's a racist, I, I kind of look at him as a corporate elitist. I'm, I'm really, really, uh, Pence might be a racist. I, I'm not really, I don't like to throw that word around because I like to really try to identify what it is with this person that makes me feel that they may not be this, but they may be this. Um, I, I, I think that, in my opinion, he's a corporate elitist. Um, and I think, to me, people are more afraid of him in the presidency based on what he could do. And my issue is based on what someone already has done. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, that, that's just where I live. I don't operate on a hypothetical. So, you know, no. I mean, and I get it. it, it you know, but, but I think, and then there's a part of me, and I know that this sounds really bad, but I always felt, and I didn't, and, and I'll, I'll tell you the truth, honestly, the truth, I, I really love my parents, but my parents really did terribly in race relations. My parents raised me to believe we're all equal. They did. I re- get what they were trying to do. We lived in an all-white community, um, very upscale. Everybody, you know, we lived there with the police chief and the fire captain and all that other stuff. And everyone was nice to me, and everyone was kind to me, and, and people would invite me, are you going swimming? Yeah, hey, cool. So I thought the world operated like that, and I had to have two professors, white professors, <laughs> educate me and say, no, 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 Regina, just because you view the world that way is not the experience of every other African American. So you and, grew up privileged is what you're saying. Yes. And oh, yeah, when realize- I was eight. You didn't, so yeah, I thought everybody kind of had, you know, piano lessons, and um, my dad and I, we would ride bikes, and my dad not worked a block away. Huh? Not, not racism. You did not no. grow up with racism. No. I mean, I dated, <laughs> I dated so many white guys, oh my God. Um, <laughs> like, I, no guy I've ever dated will ever be heard here that he's the first, you know? It's like, no. Um, my parents really believe that it's where you come from. It's not the race of the person. And I could bring whomever I wanted home. It never was a factor. Like, it, it, um, Carlsbad is where I'm from. Carlsbad is San Diego County. There's not a lot of African Americans there. And I'm sorry, you know, surfers and skateboarders are kind of cute to me, so I didn't really care about those kind of things. But when I got older, it, it, it bothered me because I, I kind of saw that things were not that way and it, that everybody doesn't have those opportunities and that I would never feel that just because I came from here, and just because I had it this way doesn't mean other people have it that way. That's why I get angry, because I feel like I've had a great life. My parents did really well. My mother never worked. My father was the breadwinner. My mother had dinner on the stove at 5 o'clock. We really did live that type of life. However, there were other things that I had to learn at an older age that made me feel kind of stupid. Like, look, there are people that are not doing things that, that don't fit. They just they happen to be of a certain race. And they run into the wrong type of person, a wrong type of cop, and it's a whole other scenario. And I think that's why now I'm kind of coming into this world where having an African-American son, it makes me take a different position and say, okay, I know that sometimes in situations I'm totally disconnected um, from certain things, and I'm totally exempt from certain scenarios. 
but I know that other people are not. And so I have to be the voice, the articulate voice, the intelligent or educated voice that says, uh-uh, let's look at it from this dynamic. If I can so say that all cops aren't bad, you have to think that at least all African Americans aren't criminals. There are no absolutes. There just aren't. There are. So when, so, when at, at what point in your life, I guess with this professor, did you like internalize, like really get that African Americans are some African Americans are treated really badly, and that? Um, I don't even say my age, but 15 years ago, 15 to 20 years ago. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm joking. 41. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 no. Um, yeah, no, no, no. About 15, 20 years ago, I think I started to realize, I, I moved to another state, and I realized that, whoa, okay, people really do feel this way? Wow. And it's something that even to this day, I, I don't get it. Like, I really don't get it. Like, so I, I just don't get it. I was so curious. Like, you... You do not come across to me as someone who grew up in a privileged white neighborhood. So did you change? <laughs> did you dramatically change yourself um, at any point I, by choice, or is change? this genuinely how you were? How you how you you don't sound. You just don't sound. And you know, I perhaps I'm just completely ignorant, and that's okay. You don't sound like you grew up in a white privileged neighborhood for much of your childhood. So well, what does that sound like? To, did you choose to, like, change yourself in a way to be, uh, I, I hate saying this, and I'm probably feeling it's not going to be. No, 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 go ahead, because I know where you're going. To become more black, to choose to yes. become, to behave more black. Yeah, I had to. I mean, I grew up listening in excess culture club, the patch mode, like, are you kidding me? Do you think <laughs> I'm going to walk around other African Americans in, in groups? And rock like that? You listen to Wham? Oh my God, are you serious? So yeah, there were there were. I, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. It's like I had to. I I felt like I needed to be around more African Americans because I felt like I was gonna go in a direction where I was not going to say, okay, I don't know any African Americans. I mean, I guess that's not the, where I was going. But you I just kind of felt like becoming, you were trying to avoid becoming Colin Powell. I think is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I didn't want to be that. <laughs> I wanted to be no, because I felt like there's a middle. There's a middle. I can still be white guys and still be like no. There's a middle. I don't have to be I, anybody that gets to know me, that sees me and, and interacts with me. I, I mean, they know that I'm not from the hood. They know that. They know by the way that I dress. They know that the conversations that we have, they know some of my history, they know what I drive, they, they can tell, the way that I carry myself. So I don't know in the videos if I'm coming off over-ethnic or overly ethnic or whatever, but from a lot of Caucasian people that I deal with, they know that I'm not from the hood. They, they can definitely tell that I'm from another place that probably doesn't have a lot of African Americans living there. So when you say that, it, it's it's something I haven't really heard, I mean, but I don't really know how things come off in videos. But I know that people that meet me and, um, you know, uh, the, the Irish fiancé I had um, for five years and he lives in Fallbrook will tell anybody that I'm probably the whitest black woman that he knows. Because at the time when we met, he was a Democrat and I was a Republican. I used to tell him all the time, you need to stop trying to be a, a savior. You're always, you know, as soon as it's somebody black, you're always running to think they're innocent, you know, and that would be a joke that we would have because 
sometimes he did do that. And sometimes it would be like, okay, look, dude, can you have enough sympathy for the white person too? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's getting a little biased over here, you know? So I, I don't, you know, know again how the videos come off as far as where people think I'm from, but I'm not walking around with my fist up screaming black power. But it's very hard for me. Um, in fact, race is not something that I talk about a lot. It's not something that I try to cherry, but I can't help it. It's kind of salient. Um, but in, in my day-to-day -day life, I'm not, you know, really, I'm just, just me. And I'm, you know, if, if a debate or discussion comes up, um, then I'm more than willing to talk about it. But um, I, so, you know, so I don't know. I could have been like a Colin Powell, um, but I think to some extent I kind of, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I kind of am to an extent because I do, you know, kind of fluctuate on the border. But when I'm around other African Americans, I do t tend to tone it down because it depends on the group that I'm around. But that, that's, I think that, that exceeds race. You know what I mean? Like if I'm around a bunch of skateboarders, I'm not talking like I'm, I'm around my other professors. It's just not the same jargon. Does that make did, sense? Did you change, did you, con did you consciously change when you, you know, realized that you were not, you did not want, you, that, that there was more to the world than your white, than your white privileged neighborhood, did you consciously make a decision to change your personality in any way? Or did it just, did it, I, I don't know, did, did you choose it? Did you, is it always been with you or was it? I think I'm, I think it's like, you, because you I think, no, I think it's both. I mean, I think it's something where I felt like I needed, I, I probably I must have been like 21, 22, and I'm just kind of like, it, it's a thing where you have, I have friends from all backgrounds, all colors. Um, I, you know, I don't know if it's something where I said, oh, i got to go over here and do more of this. I don't think it was intentional. I think it just, just happened. It might have been. It could be a part of, it could be part of, like, you were repressing back then, and, you know, this is your way I, of letting go more. more maybe. Honestly. I don't know. When I was in high school, I used to always wonder what would it be like to have, like, an African-American teacher or, um, I don't know, because everybody around me didn't look like me. You know, and that's why so many people from high school and school remember me, because I was, like, the only black girl at the school. The token, the token <laughs> black girl. I don't even think it was a token thing. I think it's just, like... You know, I don't even think, when I think back to people that I know there, it's like, I don't even think, I look at it this way. There are people that know what's going on and they choose to either not say anything about it, and there are people that know what's going on and they, they become very vocal and they say stuff about it. And I think where I was raised, I think people just don't see it. Like, I think if, if you live somewhere else, then you kind of see what goes on in, in the area you're in. And you deal with it. But I think if you're out of that and you're in an area where people leave their front doors open all night long kind of thing, you, you do see the world in a different way. And when I realized the world is not like that, um, I just wanted to, to understand every sense of everything. I mean, I lived in a, a barrio, like a Mexican neighborhood, for three years because I speak Spanish. So it, it messed wow. people up because people were like, well, ¿por qué habla español? No, what do you mean, ¿por qué? Why? What do you mean, why not? I'm from California. Like, come on, really? So it would be this thing where people thought, are you Cuban? You know, you Puerto Rican. you got to be the dark one. Are you Puerto Rican? Maybe, you know, you're Nicaraguan. Maybe you're, you know, Salvadorian, you know? So, and, and the pronunciation. So people didn't know, like, well, what the heck? What is this? You know? So they didn't know. And it would be this thing, like, no. I had a lot of Latino friends, and so 
you know, I had a Latino teacher, and I wanted to learn Spanish. Heard it all the time, and I wanted to learn it and speak it well. So, all right, all right I, I have a question for you. <clears throat> At what point did I mean you're you're clearly very well educated. And at, at, did your your takedown of, of Obama, that where I where you're where I was introduced to you, you, you clearly know what you're talking about. Like, where did that come from? Your formal education, or did that come from just you saw injustices and you dove into it to try and figure it out for yourself, or I guess maybe both. Um, I just think like your that political knowledge, your political awareness. Oh. Um, I had a couple professors at, in college that, like, were um, very passionate, you know, about what was going on in politics. And I think at that time I was finishing up, and so that was when Obama was coming into office. It was that whole election season. And that was when I kind of got more, like, of course, like everybody, I was focused on that. But as far as the racial injustices, I think when I started to see things, and, and I don't want to say Facebook, but the social media and the news starting to see these things happen more often just kind of made me say, okay, uh-uh. Now, it made me, I noticed that when, it, when, when, when we connect that with Obama and, and the correlation, it made me very frustrated. It made me an angry black woman because I felt that there was a lot Obama could have done. There's nobody else that's ever in my lifetime going to have the, the ability to address this in the way that he could have. And I'm very disappointed because what people seem to want to think is they think that I'm thinking on the legislative tip. I'm not that stupid. I'm not that naive. There's no way that the, the Congress, Senate, House, they're not going to let him get anything passed. But by him being this big celebrity president, okay, and this ability to invite people to the White House to be able to go and have these, you know, yes, Bruce Springsteen and Rolling Stones and all these people for all these events that, you know, mind you, are important to him. I would expect him to be able to say, okay, I see what's going on. So, you know what, I'm going to take it on myself, upon myself, to have some private conversations and figure out what I can do and, and, and what coalition or what organization or what committee I can establish on my own. And the fact that you did none of that, like you could have brought so many people in who are really, under, they're very well aware of this epidemic. And you could have really had it, and this could have been done privately. And you never did that. You, you know, Obama did this thing where, and I'll say this, if Obama was married, and I'm going to say this, and I know I'm on a podcast, and Lord Jesus, people are going to be like, what? Um, but, but people, if he was married to a white woman, he would have been like, I, I, I'm just going to say that. He's very strategic. He's very articulate. He's very savvy. And everything I think that this man did from college was about getting into that place, right where he is right now. I think Obama Political did not want Absolutely. He, you, you distance yourself, I mean, completely. And fresh upon the Alton Sterling assassination, you sit there with these law enforcement officers and sign this law. Are you kidding me? But you don't have the time to focus on something that says, hey, look, I'm an African-American or a product of an African-American or biracial, and I see this epidemic, and I know that everybody else is not going to have Secret Service protection for the rest of their lives. So let me do this. Let me do something, and I've, I've brought these people together, and we've come up with several ways to try to infiltrate, to try to introduce, to try to educate, to try to inform. None of that. 
and you're going to tell me he couldn't have done that? People can't talk to me about that. Because if you have the ability in Michelle Obama to create this garden and this initiative to get people to, to eat healthy, and how about helping us live? How about doing something that helps us kind of live to get to eat what we want? How about doing something that targets the real issues instead of playing the safe role? Because at the end of the day, that's what Obama did. Played it safe, played it nice, i got to have a second term, I need to get my legacy intact, and I thought it was an insult to my intelligence for you to, to, to come at me and say to me that I need to do something because you care about your legacy. No, no, no. I care about African-American and minority lives. That's what I care more about than your legacy. Your legacy wanna, means nothing to me. I want to tell you my views of Obama versus Bernie. I see, I see Obama, he ran an unbelievable campaign. At his speech in 2004 at the convention, which basically launched his career, what made it you know a significant possibility that he was, could be president in four years, and I see Obama as a visionary. A, a, he he gets it. He you can connect with him. He, he can connect with people. He can emotionally connect with people. And I see Bernie as a visionary as well. He can emotionally connect with people. I think Bernie's more of a visionary, but still, they're they're, they're both they're both I think visionaries. But. Obama has been, from the beginning, as I understand it, corporate bought. Hmm, so no matter, how vision, no matter how visionary he is, no matter how good of a speaker is, no matter how emotionally connected he can get with people, it doesn't matter because actually doing stuff is not possible because he has made the deal with the big money devil. Oh, yeah. And, that and was a deal in 2008. <laughs> I, I wonder if that was a deal well, well before then. I don't know. Oh yeah. I don't know. But Bernie has that's that's what's magical about Bernie. Number one, I think he's more of his more of a visionary. And but more importantly is his vision has the ability of being uh po- actually possible because he's not bought. I know. And yeah, and and it's it's really disappointing like Obama just gave this amazing speech, a really good speech of don't you don't, you know, if you have got to vote, I will be incredibly insulted. It will be an insult against my legacy if you don't vote. And he was like, by the end of the thing, he was screaming, vote. And it's a really, really well-delivered, good speech, and it's completely meaningless because of what happened during this primary. Yeah, we tried to vote. We couldn't even get to the polls. And then if we did get to the polls, our votes weren't counted or they were just changed. So it's like... You telling me to vote? And in fact, at the convention, at the convention, one of his lines was, "Don't boo to the to the Bernie people. Don't boo. Vote." And it's like, uh, yeah, we tried. <laughs> we tried to vote. Yeah. We really did. Just, we tried yeah. our best. And that's where I can't look at Obama in that way and 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 say, oh, because this is something that is, was personal to me, because of the fact that here we're doing that, like you're saying, we're voting. And you know what's going on. When he does that, when he got up there and he said that there was no election fraud, he disavowed it, that to me was finally my ability to see this is how Obama plays dumb. This is the facial expression. This is the look that he gives when he's playing dumb. Does that make sense? Like when somebody knows there's election fraud or they know something is, is, is wrong or they know something happened and they come out and pretend like they don't know or they pretend like it didn't happen, then you're playing around. 
And so that sort of, when you sit up and say that to me, and I look at your face, then that tells me, okay, all right, this is what you look like when you, you think, you know, you're, you're playing like this doesn't exist. This is the face. This is your facial expression. And I'm not saying it's anything different, but it's just like that's kind of the first time I really felt that he's lying. Now, yeah, I know that they all lie, but, but I just took it personally, and I, maybe it was wrong for me to take it that way, but I felt like this guy is really sitting here lying. But it's, it, that's, I mean, I, he started off as completely genuine, and everything he says is genuine, but it contradicts the demands that are put on him by his donors. So he's either going to stay genuine, what used to be genuine, and, you know, be his real self, but because it is so diverged from what he actually does because of his donor's demands, that it has become a lie. His, what, what used to be genuine for him, he's just continuing with that. But since it is so different now from what he actually does, it's just more and more contradictory every day. And that's, you know, that's similar to Hillary Clinton, that she made the deal with the, with the big money devil you know, years ago. And she may have accomplished a lot of very good things. She has indeed done a lot of good things. But, it, but in my point of view, and I'm not as vehemently anti-Hillary as you, although definitely have some serious, serious issues, um, that every day that goes by, she becomes less and less of that person because she's so invested in this world of big money that it's not even her anymore. Like, even her running for president, she's not running for president. It's this whole mechanism behind her that's running for president. She's just the figurehead. Exactly. And it's like, how, many, how much of her decisions are actually her decisions or are their decisions by committee? So Very true. Very good point. All right, so I wanted to... Uh, the, the, the reason that I was so attracted to you when I first saw your video was that you say the things that real politicians say, the traditional on the television, you know, white, uh, uh, properly attired, proper manners politicians say, but you say it like an angry black woman. And, and, and your hair is very different. Your, your hair was in very, uh, purple braids, I believe it was in the video. And your, your fingernails. No, my are braids long. are gray. They're they're silverish gray, and my lipstick is purple. It <laughs> was purple. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, there you go. I don't even notice when my wife comes home with it. She, my, when my <laughs> wife comes home with that with a haircut, she has to say, "Do you like it?" And then I have to say, "Oh, I love your hair. It's so amazing and all that." I oh, so you've been trying very well. Kudos yeah, I don't even. Her. I honestly, you're right, right. Um, I've never cared so much about trimmed eyebrows in my life. Um, okay. <laughs> But I, love, I, told, I told you this. I love how I, I, I wish that you would run for office because you have the knowledge and the insight and, and the, the delivery of a politician. But the anger and the, and the appearance of the African-American community that doesn't normally have representation. And I would love you to run for Congress or whatever it is, any position, to run for office, to become involved so that the person standing next to you, that your opponent is this white, you know, polished, traditional politician, and you're like doing these Z snaps 
next to them and that the community that really needs someone like you can actually identify with someone like you. And that, that you making those people uncomfortable but have, you know, but being able to stand up to them with the knowledge and with the, you know, not being, uh, you know, being able to stand up to them in a debate would be just an incredible thing. Would just be such, like, we need not, we need to not have the people who are so polished. We need people whose truth is not so polished. Like, I met, I met a woman at the, a Bernie delegate at the convention who had red, white, and blue hair and, and a little Uncle Sam hat sticking out diagonally from the top of her head with glitter on it that reminded me of Alice in Wonderland. And, like, that's how she would dress going to work as a politician. And it's just, like, that's her truth. You know, it's, it's different. We don't have to be this polished thing. And do, so do you want, I mean, are you interested in that? Have you thought of that? Or you're already, like, in the middle of pursuing like becoming more involved. Um, I'm interested in it. And, and am, I, am I coming across like an asshole saying these things? <laughs> no. Oh no 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 no. I really appreciate um, any compliments or anything that somebody sees, you know, within me. That's to me. That's a compliment, and I don't think it's rude or anything. Or I, I, I I'm just kind of in shock a little bit because again, it's just. I, I'm just a person that's <laughs> frustrated and, and felt like, okay, I'm going to do a video. And it's something that I've I realized through the course of being involved with the Bernie campaign and being involved in volunteering that I'm like, okay, you know, I do kind of have a voice. And I really never thought that I did. I mean, I know that I did. And I know that I do now because people are commenting and saying, okay, you know what, that's exactly how I'm feeling. So I think... It, 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 it's kind of befitting, even as I think about it now, because before I even do a video, meaning just even somebody saying, well, have you thought about the politics? I didn't hear the word. Didn't hear the word. You said it, it's it's kind of befitting, meaning when somebody says to me, yeah, when somebody says to me, you know, like you said, oh, you should run, and a couple of other people have said that, and then I'm at this place now where, wow, okay, maybe I should consider this, because I think about what, I feel, just as a voter, as a person, as a taxpayer, as an African-American, as a woman, and what I see going on, and, and, and just kind of looking at Nina Turner, like, wow, okay, she's oh, really, wow. she's impressive. She's a, I mean, she's a just, I, I remember hearing her speak, and it gave nature. me, yeah, it gave me these goosebumps where I was like, you know, I love what she's saying, and I love the ability of, of how she's coming off and really, you know, knowing her facts and her, you know, her points and hitting those points and really tapping into not only just the common sense reason why you should go for Bernie, but just the emotion and, and all the other reasons. And so I just kind of said, okay, maybe I should. I really don't know how I would, would get into politics. I'm probably not the, um, you know, again, I'm not a squeaky clean individual, really. You know, I'm not a goody two-shoes or anything. But um, well, I definitely... Sense. Would love to to represent people and and be a voice for you know you know minorities African Americans absolutely absolutely yeah um, so I don't know we we you I, when I, I some of the people that I met at the convention were these incredibly special people like I want to be friends with them for the rest of my life kind of people. And then some of them afterwards tell me that I never felt that way. 
I never felt accepted and actually valued and people want to know what I think until this convention. It's like I th- they, they are telling me for the first time in my life I have found my people. And it's all of our, you know, validating each other's emotions that we've had, these, all these horrible things that are happening, which for you is significantly, you know, black people are being killed by police unjustly. And it's all this coming together. And, and I don't know, I don't, there, there's got to be something local for you to, to think about, uh, but you've, you've got to be, you've got to be in office. You just, you have to do something local. Like what I've what I've been doing is I've just been going to my local uh, county Democratic club, and I just became a member, which just means I came I went twice, and I'm going to volunteer for some like getting the snacks ready, you know, just just getting to know the people in office. So 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 am I correct that you have you really haven't thought about this? You're just sort of coming to the awareness that maybe this is something you should consider, but you hadn't thought about this before. I mean, I thought about it in little like, things, like moments. Like when when I was in school, like, and I took a Myers Briggs test, which I don't know if you're familiar with Myers Briggs Strong Test, mm-hmm. where it tells you, it really kind of will tell you what what you should go into for your, your life career and and what you're good at and what type of people you work well with. And mm-hmm. out of the five careers, it had up there one psychologist, which is what my major is. And then it had other ones like judge. And then it had other one like um, assemblyman, assemblywoman. And then this other thing. So I think when I took that test, I kind of was like, yeah. It, I had little thoughts about running, but then I would say, no, you know, because, you know, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know how to go about doing that or mm, I don't know if I'm really going to get enough, you know, votes and I don't know. I, I think I've started to kind of consider it a little bit more seriously this year, especially like kind of getting involved. So, yeah, I think it's definitely made me consider it in a serious way. But no, did I really seriously, seriously consider it um, before this year? No. Yeah, well, I I want you to. <laughs> you have, okay. You, you, you have... You have a gift. You really, you really have a gift, and the fact that that you're so different from the squeaky clean just is really is just really powerful. I think, and I think all of the people in the in the Bernie people, what Bernie gave us was to realize the realization that not only do what we feel matters, but we genuinely could be making a difference. And, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to even tell you. All I can say is please do something. Just please. Do something? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we need you. We need, we really, we really I need think, you. I like, think, you know, I think, I'm at a point. Go ahead. No, I don't know what to say. I'm, I'm sort of just, I, I don't know exactly what to tell you. It's just, except for. I think by, by you just even really being so passionate about, you know, the take on, you know, my personality and this being good for me. And even feedback that I've gotten from, you know, comments and and people that will message me and and tell me that I inspired them. And that to me is, it, it sounds really corny, but in just life overall, I'm a person, if I can just 
get somebody else to, to think in a different way and it makes their life better, or if I can make somebody smile and I can have an impact on someone's life that changes their life in a better way, I have fulfilled my purpose. That's how I look at it. It's, it's, it's something that if I'm able to do that, then I will. And I think by reading the comments and, and, and seeing that people, you know, do identify with what I say and they do get, you know, they feel, some of the people feel the same way and some people, they get it. Um, I think for me, if I'm going to think about doing anything politically, um, I probably would consider doing something like maybe running for a council position. I mean, I definitely would have to start off at the bottom somewhere. But I think I would do maybe what you're doing, like you're kind of going to figure out, you know, these clubs and try to get a little bit more familiarity with how things run. And um, I, I think that's the way I could introduce or or, or that would be my emergence into um, the political world. Now, it may take me a couple years to get, you know, to the place where I could actually feel that I have backing and everything in order for me to actually run for some position. But those years that I spent kind of getting more familiar would only, I think, make me a better better candidate. So Yeah, yeah um, I think so, too. And, it, and it's not necessarily running for office, becoming a politician. It's just doing things for the people around you. It's just, oh, yeah. And, and, and at some point when you start doing so many things, I think, I think it's sort of a natural thing to fall into a political position or at least running for a political position. And then and when you start doing things for people, then you get their support and so on. And you just sort of get pointed in that direction. Like you don't want political ambition just for political ambition's sake, of course. But that sort of seems to be a, a, a tool. Um, yeah. Yeah, so was this video uh, that I saw, was that particularly like more seen than other things that you've done or did I just happen to catch one that not many people caught, or did you happen to get a lot of feedback on this this particular video? The the Obama one, yeah, I got a lot of feedback on that one. Um, there's another one that I did before that um, I guess where people were kind of shaming, you know, the people, the Bernie Sanders folks. I, I got feedback on that one. I think I've done a total of about five videos, and mm-hmm. I think. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, again, it wasn't something I really thought very much about. Like, I just kind of felt like, oh, you know what, this is how I feel. I've seen a couple people do videos, and I just felt like doing it. I never thought, like, never. I never thought, like, that many people were going to like it. That many people. I never, ever. I just kind of thought, I know I'm animated, and people that know me say I'm funny and stuff. Um, but I think people just kind of say that because they're, they're around you. I, You know, but then I started realizing, well, wait, you know, people do feel this way and you know I'm able to some, for some reason I, in, in my mind I'm connecting dots in this way and when I come have a, a moment where, where it's a moment of clarity for me about something and especially with this whole election sham of an election I wanted to, to put it out there because I just kind of wanted to see is it just me and then that, that's just kind of I think for how it started. Um, and I started to think about, well, what do I want to say? I don't want to just say something. I don't, I've always thought about it. If I do a video, I don't want to be stupid. I want it to be something that actually means something. Like, what am I trying to say? What 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 is my message? How and much thought did you put into like? How much thought do you put into them before you start them, or do you just sort of just go? It just comes. Like I just think, okay. Like the other day, I've been thinking about the one where I'm going to do um, that. I'm going to say, well, Hillary could have, she could have, she could have actually gotten the the election and. I know a lot of people are going to be like, huh? But I, when, they, when, they, when they get to the end of the video, they're going to 
they're going to come to the same conclusion that I do. I don't really think, I think much about it. I think the thoughts are already in my head. Mm-hmm. And it's just something <laughs> where certain things kind of hit me about it. And it's just like with the Obama thing, it was like, what? And I just felt like, okay, here you didn't do this, and you didn't do this, and you want me to do what? So a lot of times when I change in some different dialogue, it's because I know, okay, if I'm around, if, if, I'm, if, if it's something where he's t- addressing African Americans, then the tone becomes more of the African American tone, where it becomes a little bit more. That, that's why I go into those little different banners, because that's just my personality. But for the most part, you know, I just don't really sit there and write anything out and let me think of it. No, it's just really off the top of my head. Because you've been and thinking about it for so long. Yeah. There are thoughts that have been circulating, just like when I said Hillary doesn't like Obama, they hate each other. I've always believed that. I never believe they like each other. I believe Michelle Obama hates Hillary even more than Barack does. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, body language, whatever, you know, I, that's the conclusion I came. Before I even read that article, I, I knew it. And I just felt like the only reason that he's even endorsing her is because he, he made a deal with her in 2008 to make nice. Right. I, I've always will believe that because if she came out, kind of like the Bernie thing, except it's different. You had two Democrats there. You have a former independent who turned Democrat to run for the office. So there's no allegiance to the blue. You know, he brought in people that were were through with every party but the independent party. You know what I mean? So it's like um, I just felt they never liked each other. And I felt like the only reason she even took that spot was that was part of the deal with the secretary. And it was to be relevant because it would be much easier to pivot and run for office for the presidency if you're already in an existing office versus if you faded off into to black. You know what I mean? So... I've always believed that he sold his soul to her, even like you say before. But with this campaign specifically, I felt that the deal was in 2008, she would make nice and tell her supporters to vote for him and that she would also get that spot, that Secretary of State, or some good spot, visible spot. And I also thought that he would endorse whenever she decided to run. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, That was the deal. And and that's why Bernie had no shot, because he doesn't make deals. He actually just does what's right. Thank you. He, he was never in the club. He was never, the only reason that he was there, the only reason he was there was because he was a token. They never dreamed anybody <laughs> that he was ever going to pick up. They never saw that coming. Yeah, she he, had already he had her, her cronies in place. And that Donna, Baz- oh, my God, her? And Bernie, okay. really created, Bernie really created a monster. Like, you sort of, you sort of alluded to that earlier. He, he created... He is so genuine and so passionate, and his words actually equal his actions, which is why he's not different in front of different audiences. That yeah. Because if your words equal your actions, then they can't change in front of different audiences. It's not possible. And he created a real monster of, like, of this passion of their, number one, things suck. Number two, I know how to make them better. And number three, I actually can make them better myself. I can actually Here's do it how. myself. I don't need you. <laughs> I don't need you. And and it's like it's, some of it's unfocused. A lot of it's unfocused. There's a lot of unfocused passion, like how I'm telling you, please run for office. I'm just like, I'm just like please, please, please. I'm not telling you how to do it because I have no clue how to do it. But I'm just begging you to do it. <laughs> and it's like this, you know, we have this passion, but we've got to educate Channel ourselves it. and get focused on how to actually make it 
into something that's effective. And, and, uh, yeah, and a lot of it is, you know, Bernie is sort of scrambling around, please vote for Hillary because we don't want Trump. And I am very, very reluctantly holding my nose with vice grips and voting for her. I've made that decision. Um, but, but a lot of people aren't. And since she's such a terrible candidate and running such a bad campaign and, and her views are clearly not, <laughs> she, she has views. She clearly has views. But the views. No, I laugh said, because you just gave me a great video idea, and you're going to hate me for it. But it's well, hold, well, hold on, hold on. So her views, Hillary's views. She, I mean, come on. She knows exactly what she's going to do, but what she says is not what she's going to do. But she says it in such a lawyerly way that no matter what she says, she can still so-called be honest. So she. <laughs> I, I lost my point. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm having, I'm, I'm, so having sorry. Fun, I'm having fun saying it. And it's so yeah. I, I have one more question for you though. Uh, sure. you, you want to tell me about your video first, if you want your, your idea. Oh, I, to, to, and, and speaking with you, it's amazing because I've had you know I've had you know an idea occur and, and a video that I'm going to do. And I'm laughing because I know that I'm gonna. I'm sitting back waiting after I drop the video for the comments to come. But I'm going to, you know, kind of be, you know, facetious and sarcastic with it, but why we have to have a Trump presidency. Yeah, we have to. We have to. <laughs> we can't save ourselves. <laughs> we have to crash and burn and build this country from the ground up. So I've got to, it's, it's, you know, I'm not encouraging anybody to vote for Trump, so let's just take a deep breath, and I'm not voting for him either. Um, but I'm, it's, it's just kind of a way for me to, it, it's another video, again, and another video why I accept the fact that Hillary Clinton probably will win the election, because I know that that's the direction that it's going, and I think that a lot of people are kind of coming to that realization, and if they're not, they, they, they might need to at some point. And how do you deal with that? Like, how do, how do you appease yourself and make, and that be okay? Because <laughs> it's a big pill to swallow when you tried everything you could in your power to beat the monster, and um, the monster wins. And so um, I've, it's all about perspective for me. At the end of the day, everything that happens is how I choose to look at it. Like, I can have a moment and be upset and have that emotion and, and, and deal with that, but at some point, I'm going to push the emotion to the side, be very practical, and just think in a way that makes sense. Like, so for me, the disappointment of Bernie, you know, not getting the nomination, having it stolen from him, it's terrible. But the benefit, all the people that I've met, all the conversations that I've had, all just everything, that has been just something that has changed my life. And if that's yeah. the consolation prize, it's a great consolation prize. Because we, I, I think, I, I've seen so many people have the same sentiment and want the same thing. And I've never felt, the, I mean, the energy from a Bernie rally, like it is it's better than any Queen concert. I mean, rest in peace, Freddie Mercury. It's better than than. I mean, it's it's the energy is just infectious because you're sitting around everybody that wants the same thing, and we don't yeah. all look alike. You know, he, you know? He, he didn't give us he he couldn't give us this election this this primary, but he he gave us what he gave us was knowledge wow. of how to take back knowledge of take back the future. 
we, he gave us the future. He gave us our future back. And we're not going to get it for a little while, but I think we finally got a taste of this, this world can be ours again. And, and that's uh, powerful. We, and, and, we, and we've met all of these people who, who have felt isolated mm-hmm. and realized that we are the ones that need to get together. We're, you know, we're the ones that have been suffering for all of these years in our own ways, and it's okay. Like, he has been the one that's made us comfortable to say that kind of a thing, where we've never been comfortable, you know, embracing that. So, exactly. I don't know. Have, have you ever heard of Jimmy Dore? Do you know Jimmy Dore? No, but you're going to make I, me Google I string. I, I strongly recommend that you watch Jimmy Dore, because okay. he, is, he, is he is an excellent commentator. He's actually uh, one of the... Uh, Correspondence on TYT, The Young Turks. Okay. Yeah, Young you Turks. The, he's one of the yeah, primary. Yeah, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, he's one of the primary correspondents on, on The Young Turks, and he has his own show as well. And he's much more. Uh, uh, I don't know the term. He's he's much less formal on his. Okay. He's like much more angry, and he says, "Have you ever heard of an election in your life where the voters are blamed for a presidential candidate losing? Ever." It's a she psychological loses. mind twist. <laughs> right. She lose, she's going to lose because she sucks, not because the voters won't vote for her. Why are the voters not voting for her? Because she's not very, she's not very good. I, I really recommend it. Yeah, I, re- I recommend you, you, you watch him. He's very good. It's just the Jimmy Dore show. D-O-R-E, Jimmy Dore okay. show. Okay. I will definitely have to do that. All right, I have one more question for you before before we stop, and then after we get off, I'm going to tell you the, about the citizens media thing that I never told you, um, or after we stop recording. So my question to you is, you you know you had some, you said you don't have a squeaky clean past, and obviously mm-hmm. at that obviously it's going to come out when you run for office, whatever that is, and. Your not having a squeaky clean past is not a bad thing. Of course, it can be used in a very bad way, but it's not a bad thing because <laughs> it makes me a real person. That's what it, it does. Makes you, exactly, exactly. The people who it really makes me need, a real person. The people who really need you will have pasts that are not nearly as squeak, not nearly as bad as yours. So they should be exactly. okay with it. They should be okay with it. But the people in power that have the money, that's who it will be used to, you know, to hurt you because they won't be okay with it, despite the fact that corrupt politicians, that they're all, they're all perfect, despite yes. being completely corrupt. <laughs> but you're an ang- you know, angry black woman is something that can be used against you, but I, I can be bribed every single day, but that's okay because I'm not an angry black woman. So, how do, you know, you, you need to figure out how to twist that around of, yeah, you know, being open with it from the very beginning. Of, beginning. Listen, oh, yeah. listen, this is me. Take it or leave it. I did this. That was stupid, whatever it was. But the people that I care about have, you know, this is not, I, I don't know how to say it, but like this is, this is oh, not that unusual. <laughs> I'm, a real, I'm, a real, I'm a real person just like all of those people that, I have that I want to support, that I care about, that I want to help. You know, figure out how to twist that around in your favor and 
certainly it has to be open from the very, I mean, all I know is at the very least it has to be open and completely open and honest from the very beginning if you're going to have a shot, you know, to, to be truthful. Oh, yeah, of course. I don't. I, I don't think uh, it's something that I have to even think about much as far as how I will 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 say or verbalize or explain to people because it's something where I feel like I'm a human being. I'm not ashamed of things that I've done. I mean, you know, I've, I've made mistakes. I think like other people have in their life, and I don't try to backpedal from it. And the thing is, um, you know, I don't know anybody who's completely perfect, but. As far as what what I would do and what I would say, I wouldn't even try to spin it. I think that's the best way. I think being honest about it and, you know, not getting too much into details, but just at least being honest about it and letting people know this is what's out there, it lets people know that, it gives people an impression of you, that, look, she lays it out on the table, and either you like that or you don't. And that's pretty much who I am. Um, things that have happened in my past, my family know about it. They didn't have to know about it. I told them. So I'm not a person that uh, feels like, you know, that that would stop me. Um, If anything, I'm a pretty strong-willed individual, and there's nothing that anybody could say to me that would make me crumble and break. I had no idea until you said that. Everyone. I had no idea. (laughs) I've got a response for it. I I wait for it. Let's go, because I was a debate (laughs) captain. I'm very, very good at this. So let's go. If you think I've been skinned and I I don't have a backbone, I'm going to take you for a ride. So let's go. um, and, And you have to be quick with it, too. So. I'm I'm ready. Like I have no problems with anybody asking me anything. I'm you know an open book if that's what needs to be said, um, because I'd rather you hear it from me than get it all twisted and not you know be all misinformed from someone else. Um, and it doesn't give anybody room to be able to try to, to 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 throw things out there about you that makes you look deceptive versus you coming out and saying okay hey look. Um, it just makes to me I think it makes you look. Um, a little bit more trustworthy and a little bit, a lot more transparent. All right, two, two yeah. things. Num- number one, you say you're not going to bring out the details, but the details will certainly, most, most certainly be brought out. But oh, no, no. I, I mean, at, initially, I wouldn't be giving, you know, somebody a rundown of every single thing initially. I think people would ask and I would answer their but, questions. But you're prepared for those details. You have to yes. be, obviously have to be prepared for those details to be brought out because they're going to be. Oh, yeah. If they're in any way public, they're going to be. Um, but the other thing is you say you're not ashamed about what you've done, but is that really true? Aren't we all sort of incredibly ashamed about some of the things that we've done, but that's okay? Yeah, but, but no, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm not ashamed about it because it's something that I owned it, I did it, it, it and, and, and I've dealt with it. And so to shame to me is something that like, oh, it, it doesn't hold me like that. So, so you, you maybe not, have you may have been ashamed at the time. Yeah, but, but, but not you, now. I mean, why would but, I keep doing that to myself? But you own it now. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm not like, oh no, yeah, I did it. Ha ha ha! Like no, it's just that shame implies that I still feel this way about it. Now I'm not happy about it, but I'm not shamed. I was back then. But once I came to terms with, okay, this is what I did, and am I that person, and do I make those decisions this way, and do I think this way? No. And if I know that I'm not that way anymore, I know I don't behave that way or do those things or whatever, then I I own that person I am now, and I'm not Hmm. held hostage by who I was then, by shame. So that's that's what that means for me. Because I would would say it as, and maybe maybe 
maybe I'm, I don't know, but what I would say before I heard you say that was I'm incredibly ashamed of some of the things that I've done in the past, but I know that I did the best that I could at the time. And I, I, I'm going to have that shame with me for the rest of my life potentially, but it doesn't mean that I didn't do the best that I could at the time. So it's just sort of a, a different way of, that yeah, your, your, yours I'm is a different way of, of thinking about it, of letting go. I don't know. I have to think about that. Yeah, because, I mean, people can be ashamed and still repeat the same behaviors. I mean, the, the intention of, of getting in trouble and, and the, the, the goal of being punished is to change behavior. And so if I've changed the behavior and I'm not that way anymore, then the goal was accomplished and I don't need to hang on to that. There are things that I'm not proud of that are, have nothing to do with the criminal background. So that, that's different. And there are things in my life that I'm ashamed of that, that some people will never know. It's a personal shame. You, do you understand what I'm saying? But as far as with, um, you know, I'm be, not walking what around. revealed politically because it's public. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, but there are things about me that people, trust me, that if they found out about me, they would say, I couldn't walk two steps in your shoes. Like being 21 years old and, and burying a child. So there are things about me that people, you know, if they're going to be digging up uh, things, they're going to maybe find some things that are going, whoa, but then they'll find other things that are like, whoa. So, you know, that's, that's who I am. Yeah, like if I'm, I'm a mixed bag of, a, I don't know what, what you want to call it, of everything. But you're, 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 human. you're human, but not afraid to admit that you're human, which is, which is what's so different about politics. Yeah, I mean, the reason I'm such a strong-willed and, and strong-minded individual is not because I haven't gone through anything, even though I may have had a privileged upbringing. I mean, I've buried a child. I, a lot of people, when, they, when you know, their worst nightmare is to think about losing their child. Well, I've lived that. I've been through really? that. Really? I've done that. Oh, absolutely. And that broke How old, how old were they when, when that happened? She was 21 months. 21 months of and baby. It, oh, wow. Yeah, months. Yeah, she was almost two years old. And um, it literally broke me. Because, you know, you, I mean, my God, you think, okay, wow, that, you know, you, you don't think, I, at that age, I was very young, I didn't know how to process that. And was it, I, it, it, don't go too into details, but just generally, was it, was it, was it something that was a possibility since she was born, or was it just a shock? No, 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 this was a freak accident. Oh, so it was something, yeah, it was a freak accident, and it was something that really changed my life, because... I had to go through a lot of counseling and a lot of things. I had to, to come to grips with something that was really devastating and, and try to figure out who am I now because I'm not the same person anymore. And going through therapy and, and realizing that there's nothing that I can do about that situation. I hate that that happened and if I could change anything, I would, but I can't. And understanding that I have to operate from the place that I am now. So the reason I'm a strong person is because of her and, and, and going through that and realizing that I've already been through the worst, <laughs> seriously. And right. I think when you've already been through the worst, everything else is a cakewalk. Um, it gives um, you this resilience and this tenacity that other people can't, they can't get to. And it's like you don't even want them to get to that because you don't want them to feel what you felt. But it's, it a, li- it's a little you. unusual. It's a little unusual to hear someone say going through therapy because therapy is very stigmatized by a lot of people. Well, it's probably why people look at me and, you know, I put up posts that say, you know, you shouldn't spank. And people say, you know, what? You know, I have other African-American friends that think spanking is the key to discipline, and it's not. Spanking really is just, it's actually (laughs) contradicts what you're trying to do. And people will always look at 
No, they'll always look at me and they'll say, you know, um, and that, that's why I wait for the backlash when I put certain things up because I don't believe spanking works. It's something that um, I, I did, you know, infrequently. I did like maybe you know, I can count on one hand something that I did like with my hand. And um, something that I didn't like. I didn't like the result. I didn't think it worked very well. And I said, you know what, I don't want to do this. I'd rather yeah, do it's, it's the solution. Things. It's the solution that is supposed to work. It has nothing to do with it. Does it actually work? Which maybe it, maybe it does in very limited situations, whether it does or not. But exactly. That, but if people use it, but to, I think what you're saying is like people use it as if it's a proven solution that you can use consistently, as opposed to is trying to actually figure out is this working? How could I do better? You know, finding out what works for the child as opposed to just imposing the solution because it has worked for some people. Exactly, exactly. So I, I've, I've, therapy is something that, um, for me, I needed in my life for a certain, at certain time, at certain <clears throat> instances, and it's something that changed my life. It gave me such clarity. It gave me so much clarity. I said, you know what, I want to be in psychology. That's going to be my major. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I love because, one thing about it is it teaches you that I don't know how to figure everything out. I don't have all the answers, but I need, you know, give me some direction and show me options, and then I'll be able to, to, to gravitate from there. I think people look at therapy in such a way that, that, that is so toxic, the stigma with that. Um, I think a lot of people need therapy because they're hurting and they're damaging other people, and... You know, there's no reason for that. There's too much education out there, and there there are too many ways to do things differently. And um, if you go to therapy, I, I just, clearly you have a mental disease. That's, I mean, you know, if you go to therapy, yeah, I mean, clearly, right? I, mean, I, I wouldn't say like mental disease. Like I just think you have that's what you're labeled. That's what you're labeled with. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're labeled with. That's what people assume. Oh yeah, the, something's and it's wrong with like, you. It's like yeah. I mean, if you ask for if you're a man and you ask for directions, then clearly there's something wrong with you. You know, you have to be able to figure it out all on your own. It's, it's, I don't know. All right, well, <laughs> it's this, illegal. Is, this is, the, yeah, it is the elite, right, exactly. All right, well, we'll all right, so I, I think we should stop. I, I, I do okay. want to tell you what I, what I said uh, after we say goodbye officially and stop the recording about Citizens Media. But, but uh, this was, uh, I don't know, it, a lot of, it was not nearly as focused as I expected it to be on my part, on my half. But it was a lot of fun, and I, I really, uh, um, I, I'm really glad that you, you know, allowed just this stranger to just get on the phone and talk to you, and <laughs> and uh, I look forward to, to seeing more videos of you, and um, it, uh, and thanks. It was really nice meeting you, Regina. Nice meeting you as well. It was a pleasure. All right. So, all right, I'm going to stop the recording, but don't hang up. Okay. Bitch. Uh, looks like we lost some of it. Let me see.